Before we get started today, we wanted to let you know about an amazing live stream event coming up on November 18th and 19th. It's called Arise United Global Outreach. There's going to be powerful speakers, amazing music, heart-touching stories. You're not going to want to miss this. Look for it on November 18th and 19th from 3.30 to 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. You can find it on Teen Challenge Southern California's Facebook and YouTube. We look forward to seeing you online this year. We're back with a fresh and new episode of the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. When you're here with us, it's important that you know that you can always expect content that lifts up the name of Jesus and the cross. These will be told through messages and conversations that are powerful, dynamic, and encouraging. A new resource that we want you to know about is our 24-7 helpline. No matter where you find yourself, if you just need someone to talk to, to pray with you, and to believe God for you in whatever that difficult season of life looks like, we want you to know that we're here for you. And if you know someone who maybe needs help because of addiction, you can give them the same number and we can help them begin their new life. That number is 888-520-0620. Once again, that's 888-520-0620. Today, we've got Pastor Marcus Marshall from People's Church in Fresno, California. He's the student ministry pastor there where he serves and leads the next generation. Listen in and be blessed today. Well, guys, thank you so much for all of your kind words. I want to give greetings from my leadership from Fresno, uh, Pastor Dale, Pastor Brad. They wanted me to tell you guys that they love you so much. They love all the testimonies that they've been hearing right here from Teen Challenge. So once again, I just want to say we love you and I'm so excited to be here. Like they said, I brought some of our students with us because I want them to also be a part of what God is doing that is so much bigger than People's Church. It's so much bigger than Fresno. But do we have any children of God that said, I don't know where you came from, San Diego, Fresno, but I'm going to be here under this tent tonight and God's going to speak tonight. Amen? Amen, amen. Also, as well, big thank you to, to Mr. Ron Brown and, and John Burns. Thank you guys so much for your prayers, for your time, for your effort, for all that you put in to, to put on events like this. And it's, it's sacrifices that you guys have made that have brought all of us to places of freedom, to brought our families back together, all because you guys have made a sacrifice to say yes to Jesus. So once again, can we clap it up for the leadership here? So I'm going to just be honest with you guys. So a, a quiet room sometimes makes me a little nervous. So I grew, up in, I grew up in a black church that they just made a lot of noise, okay? So, oh, come on, I got some people that's here. So I want you, feel free to make some noise. You're not going to disturb me. You're, gonna, you're not going to mess me up. But just shout a brother down tonight, all right? Shout a brother down. Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. So go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. I love the theme of this week is he's always faithful. As I look at my life, as I look at my family's life, I just know that if it wasn't for the faithfulness and the goodness of God, I don't know where I would be. He said, if my children ask me for bread, why would I give them a stone? 
it continues to show us that God is faithful. And I want you to be encouraged tonight that no matter where you are, that his faithfulness is not just real in my life, not just real in Mr. Braun, Mr. Ron and John's life, but it also is real in your life. It's also real in your life. So here we are, John 11, 1 through 5. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he who you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. Look to your neighbor and say, two more days, two more days. In the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. Let us pray. God, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. Lord, I pray that tonight that we'll be reminded of your faithfulness. Lord, there's many places that we should have been. There's many accidents that we should have been in, Lord Jesus. But because of your faithfulness, you've saved our lives. You saved our families. You saved our children, Lord Jesus. And I pray tonight that we will be reminded of the faithfulness of God. That it's not just you were faithful yesterday. It's not that you were just faithful today. But you're going to be faithful tomorrow. You're going to be faithful this weekend. You're going to be faithful when we go back home because we serve a God who is always faithful, Lord. I pray that you would speak tonight, Lord Jesus. I pray that I would move out the way and I pray that your spirit would move throughout every person tonight. Pray that your spirit would touch every circumstance, would touch every situation. But also, Lord Jesus, I pray that anybody that's not a Tampa Bay Bucks fan will repent tonight. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. 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 Somebody was like, he's speaking heresy already. He's speaking heresy already. So, you know, I was thinking of this passage where we're here and Lazarus is dying and they go to Jesus and they say, hey, Lazarus is sick and he, he needs a touch. And, he, and Jesus says, oh, man, that's cool. And he says, no, 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 Jesus, the one that you love is sick. And he said, okay, and he stayed two days longer. See, if I had to title today's message, I would talk to you from the subject of God of the after. God of the after. Can you look to your neighbor and say, you serve a God of the after. You know, a couple weeks ago, I was driving, and I was in Florida, right? I was in Florida, and, and I was in Florida, and I was, I was driving, but I was, I was going a little bit over the speed limit, okay? I was going a little over the speed limit, and I was doing my thing, but every now and then this happens to me, where as I'm speeding... I see this officer in the corner and it's like you don't even see them at all and they're in the corner and as soon as I pass them it's like this fear comes over me that I've never felt before and all of a sudden the officer comes behind me and I'm like wow I'm about to get pulled over he's gonna write me a ticket and I find this prayer that I've never found before and all of a sudden I feel like oh my god he's about to pull me over I'm speeding I know I'm wrong and I start praying I start praying because I don't know what's going to happen after 
I don't know what's going to happen after I've done wrong. I know I've been, I know I've made the mistake. I know I've been over the speed limit. I know that he's seen me driving over the speed limit, but now here we are after. What's going to happen after my mistake? What's going to happen after I got into the addiction? What's going to happen after my family left me? What's going to happen after I don't know what's next? What's going to happen after? What's going to happen after? You know, if you're not careful, your love will come out of this place of fear and performance. See, for me, my prayer came out of place of fear. See, I was doing wrong. And so all of a sudden I go to God, not because I necessarily wanted a relationship with him in that moment, but I just needed him to get me out of this situation after. And I wonder how many of you are here tonight where, where you, you may not be an atheist, you may have heard about God your life, but every time you find yourself in a situation, you know where to go, you know who to talk to, but do you have a relationship with this man that we call Jesus? Do you have a relationship? You know, here, this lady goes to Jesus and says, hey, the one that you love. See, she knew that it wasn't about her love for Jesus, but it was about Jesus's love for her. See, many of us oftentimes, especially if we had a family member that was, that was sick, if we had a family member that was hurting, what I would do, I don't know about you, but if I was with Jesus, the person that could heal my family member, and I see him and I say, hey, I have a family member that's sick, and Jesus says, all right, I'll, I'll be there. I'm like, no, 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 Jesus, you don't understand. He, you, you need to come now. And Jesus says, no, wait two days. And I'm like, no, Jesus, Lazarus loves you. He's been to church. He prays. He does good, good things for people. Why, Jesus, you got to come now. Why, don't you know that he loves you? But do you realize that in this story, it has nothing to do with the love for Jesus, but everything to do with Jesus's love for you? And I want to ask you, are you stuck in a cycle because you're focusing on your love for Jesus? Are you stuck in your situation because you continue to focus on what you can give? See, the reality is this, that our love changes every week. Our love changes every day. That one day we love something, the next day we don't. One day we love the gas prices, the next week we don't. One day we love our spouse, the next week we don't really love them as much. So all of a sudden, our love goes from left to right. But one thing that I do know is that we serve a faithful God and his love is steadfast. His love is unmoving. His love is unshakable. Does anybody have a testimony that the love of God is for me and will always be before me, it would never move, it would never change, it would never waver, that it's not about my love for him, but it's about his love for me. Talking to you about God of the after, God of the after, that she was focused on his love for her. The sister knew that it wasn't about his love. It wasn't about Lazarus' love for, for Jesus, it was about Jesus' love for him, and it was Jesus' love that moved him. See, many of us, we get into this place because we've been used to working for love our whole life. We had fathers that tell us that you're only good if you can score this amount of points. We had parents that were in our life that told us that, that you're only good if you can cut the grass correctly. We've had parents in our lives that said you're only good if you're this kind of mother, if you're this kind of wife, you're only good if you're cooking every night. And all of a sudden, our love was based on what we can do. But all of a sudden, when you stop being able to do, do you still have love? When you're stopped able to perform, do you still have love? 
And so what I love about this passage is that in our wrong, Jesus loves us. In our addiction, Jesus loves us. In our shame, Jesus loves us. In our guilt, Jesus loves us. Does anybody have a testimony of a God of the after, of his love never moving, of his love never changing, that no matter what goes on, his love is always there, even when I make mistakes, even when I'm speeding, even when I'm addicted, even when I'm shameful, even when I'm guilty, that his love is for me. I know I may not like myself. I I know I smile in front of others and I go home, but I hate myself. But tonight I got to realize that I serve a God of the after. It's not just what's going to happen on the distant. It's not just what's going to happen Monday through Friday, but it's about what God is going to do after. Took somebody and say after, 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 after. I serve a God of the after. I serve a God of the after. Maybe you've been stuck. Maybe you found yourself going cycle after cycle after cycle. Every time you feel like you beat it, you keep going back into it. Every time you feel like you got better, you keep going back into it. Every time you feel like you got some good friends, the enemy brings bad, bad memories back to you. The enemy never tends to let his foot off the gas, but every time you feel like you're moving forward, the enemy seems like he's following you. Just like when you felt like you got freedom, pornography came back into your life. Just like when you feel like you got freedom, that ex-wife came back into your life. Just like when you feel like you got freedom, Every time you found yourself stuck in a cycle because you haven't met the God of the after. The God of the after. God of the after. Verse 5 says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. See, he recognized that there was a desire for healing. So he decided to wait. Because healing wasn't his objective. The perspective was his perspective. Because how you view what you do would always determine how you do what you do. Depending on what you view your situation as will always determine how you walk in your situation. See, if you view your situation as a failure, if you view your situation as a setback, you'll never be able to walk in victory because your mind will always be where it used to be. But I came to remind you that God is faithful and there's a God of the after. Amen. Amen. I want to ask you tonight, what is God teaching you in the waiting? See, just as there was there that Lazarus needed healing, he decided to wait two days. I want to know how long has Jesus asked you to wait? How long has he asked you to wait? See, many of you, you get so impatient. You get so prideful that because you feel like you've been waiting too long, you now take it into your own hands. See, you say, oh, my God, I feel like if God really wanted me to wait this long, he would have did this by now. I've been obedient. He still hasn't moved. I've been reading my Bible. He still hasn't moved. I've been praying. He still hasn't moved. I've been accountable. He still hasn't moved. And so what do you do next? Now, all of a sudden you say, well, if God isn't going to do it, maybe I got to do it. And many of you, that's why, that's why you found yourself tripping. That's why you found yourself falling. That's why you found yourself going back into the cycle. Because the reality is, is that if you were strong enough to handle your situation, you would have never got in it. 
You would have never got in it if you were strong enough to handle yourself when you was by yourself. You would have never got in it if you were strong enough to handle yourself when nobody is around you. The reality is, is that none of us are strong enough to handle the power of sin. None of us are strong enough, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to walk in freedom, that gives us the ability to walk with confidence, with courage, that if Christ be for me, who can be against me? What can be against me? What is God teaching you in the waiting? Because if you view the waiting as punishment, you will miss the after. If you view the weight as punishment, you will miss what he's trying to do after. See, if she would have said, Jesus, you're not going to come right now. You're not going to come right now. My, my, my brother is dying right now. If she would have said, you know what, I just give up. She would have missed what Jesus wanted to do after. I wonder, I wonder how close are you to what he's about to do after? I wonder, I wonder what prayer are you about to say that's about to change your whole life? I wonder the repentance that you're about to do that's about to change your whole life. I wonder what is on the other side of your waiting. I wonder what is on the other side of your praying. I wonder what is on the other side of you being accountable. I wonder what is on the other side of your obedience because I want you to know obedience is better than sacrifice obedience is better than sacrifice as we go a little bit further if you drop down in your passage to verse 21 John eleven twenty one, 21 it says this it says now Martha said to Jesus if you had been here my brother would not have died but even now I know that whatever you ask of God God will give you Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, whoa, 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 whoa. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall always live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? You know, don't allow, don't allow what you see to determine what he can do. See, I know you may not be able to see too far in front of you. I know you may not be able to see yourself walking free. I know you may not be able to see your family reunited, but I want you to know, don't allow what you see to determine what he can do. I'll tell you like this. Scripture says like this. We do not walk by sight, but we walk by faith. Amen. Is anybody walking by faith tonight? Is anybody saying, I'm here by faith. I'm believing that something's going to change. Can we take a second and give the Lord a shout of praise? The enemy, the enemy wants you to be reminded of your mistakes. He wants you to be reminded of the shame. He wants you to be reminded of the guilt. He wants you to be reminded of the things that you did that you wish you never did. Because the enemy wants to accuse you. You wonder why you keep hearing that voice that says, why are you doing this? Why are you lifting your hands? You know that you was doing last night. Why are you lifting your hands? You, you know how you was just talking to that person. Why are you lifting your hands? You know the attitude that you have in secret. And the enemy will always talk you out of your worship by what you did behind you. He'll always talk you out of your worship. So if there's ever a moment where you don't feel like worshiping, I'm willing to bet it's because of what you've done in the past. Because the enemy is there to accuse you.
And what happens is due to the timing, we can stop relying on God. See, we can start and we're full of faith. We want to rely on God. We want to pray. But all of a sudden, it takes a year, it takes two years, take three years, take four years. And all of a sudden, the faith that we started with no longer is the faith that we end with. What happened in the middle? I want to ask you, what have you done with your faith in the middle? What have you done with your faith in your situation? What have you done with your faith in your circumstance? Have you lost your faith? Have you lost your peace? I want you to know this. If your peace is too expensive for you to lose, you can't afford to lose your peace. Do you know what you fought to get your peace? Do you know what devils you had to battle to get your peace? Do you know the walks of life that you had to go through to get your peace? You fought too hard to give it up so cheap. Your peace is too expensive. Your peace... It's too expensive. You know, I was reminded of a couple things of what God did after. I'm reminded of David that was out in the field, but, but his father called his eight brothers, and, and he, for, he forgot about him. He called his seven brothers, and he forgot about him. But, but all of a sudden, the, the, uh, the servant said, hey, there has to be another. And all of a sudden, they realized that there had to be something that was coming after. David served the God of the after. Abraham, who was there about to sacrifice his son, all of a sudden, as he was obedient and put his son there on the altar to be sacrificed, a ram in the bush came because there was a God of the after. The three Hebrew boys that was thrown in the fiery furnace, and they said, I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bow my knee to another God. If you got to kill me, kill me. If you got to throw me in the fire, throw me in the fire. But I'm not going to get rid of my faith. And they were thrown in the fire. And even though they were thrown in the fire they said that the king said oh my gosh there's somebody else in the fire with him I want you to know that you may be in the fire but there's somebody with you oh come on somebody there's somebody with you in the fire the three Hebrew boys realized that there was a God of the after and now Jonah Jonah that was thrown in the belly of a of a fish he should have went one way, but he decided to go another way. He made mistakes when he should have followed God. He wanted to go after his will when he decided, well, instead of going after God's will. But even though he decided to go after his will instead of, his, instead of God's will, God still said, I'm going to show up after. I'm going to show up after. And now here it is. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up on the scene. And, and, and Martha wanted him to show up as a healer. But I want you to think about this. Is it possible that the only reason why she was so afraid, why she was so hurt that he showed up late and Lazarus died, she was so hurt and painful because she only knew Jesus as a healer. She only knew him as a healer. So that's why she asked for healing. And Jesus said, what I want to do is open your mind because I'm so much bigger than a healer. I'm also a resurrector. And many of you have been praying prayers of healing where God says, I'm trying to resurrect that dream. I'm trying to resurrect that passion. I'm trying to resurrect that family member. I'm trying to resurrect that child that's walked away from God. Stop praying for healing when I'm a resurrector. There's more to me than what you see. I'm faithful. Why would you only ask me for a little bit when I'm so faithful? I can give you all of what you need. He's more than a healer, but he is a resurrector. Does anybody believe that we serve a God of the after? As we get ready, as we get ready and close, if worship team wants to come up, as we get ready and close, 
I was reminded of this. So I grew up in Washington, D.C. That's where I grew up. And I didn't grow up kind of with everything. I didn't grow up with, with having the nice clothes. I didn't grow up with having the nice shoes. I didn't grow up having a nice house. You know, everything, it felt like we were praying everything. Every day, I remember times where my mom would not even eat, and she would eat sweet potato fries so that we could eat. I remember times where she would eat chicken noodle soup, just, and it was 90 degrees outside, but that's what we had. And I was raised in a home where I knew God as a provider. I only knew him as a provider. I didn't know him as a loving father that would forgive me. I didn't know him as this, this father that would always be with me and give me grace. I didn't know him as a healer. I didn't know him as a resurrector. I only knew him as a provider. And some of you, you only know him to be one thing. You only know him to be faithful when you're on the mountaintop. You don't know him to be your father in the valley. You don't know him to be your savior. You know him to be a good friend of your savior. You know him to be the big man upstairs, but you don't know him as Jesus Christ, your Lord, your savior. And you've once had faith, but you dropped it. You know, the great thing about dropping something is you're able to go back and pick it up where you left it. And tonight, can we all just stand for a moment? And I'm going to get ready and close. But I feel like there's someone here. There's someone here who's dropped their faith because you've been in a waiting season. And because you've been in a waiting season, you've dropped your faith and the enemy has talked you out of picking your faith back up. And you have not known God of the after, but you've only known God of what he's done in the past of what he's done for your friends, of what he's done for your family. But I want you to know, in spite of your mistakes, in spite of how you feel right now, he'll move in your life right now. So if all eyes closed and all heads bowed, let this moment just simply be between you and our Father in heaven. It's not in the words that we say. It's not in the music that's playing. It's just simply in the Jesus that saves. Is you putting your faith in Jesus. He says, if anyone will call upon my name, they shall be saved. The only requirement is that you call on him. Don't call on your pastor. Don't call on the worship team. Call on Jesus. So tonight, if you're here, you say, you know what? I've heard of this Jesus. I'm not an atheist. I've heard of him. But I've never fully put my faith in him. And tonight... One, I want to put my faith in him tonight for the first time. Two, you say, you know what? I've had faith before. I've had a journey of faith before, but it seems like I find myself going back into cycles, going back into shame, going back into sin. And tonight, I realize that he's so faithful that he'll give me the opportunity to go back and pick up my faith. Number two, I want to pick up my faith. Number three, you're here. And you've seen God do so much in your life. And now you've experienced God of the after. But you find yourself judgmental of people that are still in the journey. You find yourself being judgmental of people that are still trying to walk out their life. Still trying to walk out the shame. Still trying to walk out repentance. Still trying to walk out their freedom. 
and you think because you're free you can judge others that aren't yet but I want to remind you that you were once there as well don't forget where you came from don't forget the Jesus that saved you don't forget the grace that pulled you out of the darkness don't forget the love that pulled you out of your depression don't forget the God of the after so if all eyes closed and all heads bowed if one of those three things are you I want you to just be honest not with me not with the person to your left or to your right but be honest with Jesus tonight can you just lift your hands up just lift your hands up. Be honest with yourself. Wow. Be honest. You don't got to impress anybody beside you. Because the reality is that if the person beside you could set you free from what you're dealing with, you wouldn't be in this tent right now. But the only reason why you're here is because you need a touch from Jesus. So why not ask Jesus? So I'm going to pray. And I want you to just in your own words, just repent, pick up your faith, for ask him to forgive you of your sins, ask him to forgive you for being judgmental, because I want you to know that we serve a God of the after, and he's not going to leave you the same way you came. You're going to leave better. You're going to leave stronger. You're going to be leave believing in yourself. So God, tonight, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would move about through, throughout every aisle throughout every life, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask tonight that we would not leave the same way that we came. But Lord Jesus, I ask for those of us that lost our faith, I ask that you would give us the grace to pick it back up, Lord Jesus. For those of us that don't even have faith, Lord, right now in our own words, we just ask that you would forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for believing in ourselves more than we believe in you. Forgive us for picking up pride, Lord Jesus. Lord, we realize today that if we could fix it ourselves, we would have fixed it already. But we realize that we can't fix it. So tonight, we repent and we ask for you to come into our lives and make every cricket road straight tonight, Lord Jesus. For those of us that have been judgmental of other people's journey, I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us tonight. Lord, I pray that we would not just recognize you as our healer, but we would recognize you as our resurrector. That we won't grow weary in well-doing, that we won't give up in the wait, but we'll realize that there's something about our perspective shifting. That it's not just about their situation, but it's how we view our situation. Because how you view what you do would always determine how you do what you do. So Lord Jesus, we give you the grace, and we ask that you would take our lives from here on out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Once again, thank you for choosing our podcast today. We hope that you're comforted, encouraged, and strengthened in the Lord today because of it. Don't forget to subscribe, though. It's easy. Just go to wherever you're listening right now and click subscribe. God bless you today.